0: and practice thank you so very much and happy listening hi
1: carrie it's nice to have you on the
0: show how are you doing today
1: doing very well
2: thanks for having me today appreciate you having
1: me. yeah so you know oftentimes i love to talk about the essence of this show which is to invite amazing guests to invite guests who have triumphed over one challenge or another to come talk to us about their stories. Because we believe that in our audience there might be someone somewhere who is stuck up in that same situation I guess came out of triumphantly. So within the next um fifteen minutes Carrie, I would want you to talk to us about your story, the challenges and how you came out of it triumphantly. And after that, I've got some questions for you. All right, let's sure. get started. Sure.
2: Well, uh, uh, 15 minutes is, is a, a just a short period of time to kind of condense uh, almost 65 years of life. But, <laughs> uh, it, but, but, I, but I've had a few challenges and a few opportunities, but I, I think that the common theme is a an awakening of faith uh, at progressive levels and i think that that was probably the thing that actually uh would be the consistent consent, uh, consistent theme of uh how uh you would consider my life um we uh First of all, uh, I, I don't know, in the United States, we had uh, uh, racial integration and uh, non-segregation of schools uh, when I started school. And so uh, the challenge immediately was, is that uh, uh, we, I was expecting to go to the neighborhood school where all my friends and relatives and neighbors went, uh, but uh, we got assigned to go to a school that was primarily, uh, European American. Okay. And, uh, we basically were, uh, it was a small little city in Kentucky. So basically we didn't have busing. We just kind of walked, <laughs> We <laughs> walked to the different. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, so the, 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 I, of course I didn't realize how significant that was at the time, but my parents really were concerned, but they, their faith, Uh, allowed us to have confidence that, you know, hey, we were just as good as anybody else. Uh, The kids there were no different. And so we uh, we uh, did well. Uh, And uh, fortunately, I found favor also with the administration. And so they wanted to find uh, African-American kids to be able to uh, uh, show that, you know, God's grace allows uh, is equitable regardless of racial categories. And so I was able to uh, be put on an academic path that allowed me to have opportunities that I would not have had had we stayed in the path that we were normally in. Um, Part of that, though, was uh, then uh, uh, going to be introduced in a uh, engineering program. Uh, for uh high school students, it was minority introduction to engineering, and I had no idea about that, but my older brother uh was blessed also and he went to uh, Massachusetts Institute of Technology while I was uh, just beginning to get toward that area and so um he he uh you know introduced us to engineering and those kind of things and I uh ended up going to that minority introduction to engineering program and met the love of my life. And, uh, that was another, uh, blessing that, you know, God put, uh, 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 my wife Patricia and I on a path when we were 17, uh, to come together. And so that allowed us to be able to move into different paths than what was normal. Uh, we went to Vanderbilt university for a while, and then we, uh, uh, went, you know, went on, but, um, I ended up spending uh, 19 years uh, without graduating from college because I was wanting to make sure that I had a life with my wife and a life with our family. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up not only graduating, uh, but ended up getting an MBA from uh, Emory University. Mm -hmm. And that opened the doors for me to be able to have management jobs with uh, IBM that I've managed globally and then it allowed me to have opportunities to continue to grow. Um the biggest piece though I think and the measure of faith was that during that time I felt a uh the calling of uh into the gospel ministry. Ooh. And so it was really scary to think about that I had it seemed as though that life was preparing me to get to this position where I should be. Uh, in the executive ranks of a major corporation like IBM, and sure enough, I was a global manager and a senior manager there. Um, but then, um, uh, you know, when you're not doing what God wants you to do, it really causes an inner conflict. Yeah. And I remember uh, the 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 wife and kids were out. Uh, and i was mowing the lawn but you, you know and, and when you're not in in alignment with God you're you're, you're that dissonance really makes you angry yeah. and so i remember i was cutting the grass and i was mad and you know and I was thinking i said you know if if God wants me to do something why doesn't he just go ahead and make me do it you know and I was wanting to get this the <laughs> damascus road experience i wanted him to to throw me down and make me do what he wanted me to do mm. and uh the the yeah. And so you can be in it or not. Well, you you know, that I thought that I could make God uh follow my plans. Mm-hmm. And so uh I ended up uh, going into the ministry and I left IBM mm-hmm. and uh, did full time ministry work. Uh I had been uh uh working in the ministry, I'd accepted my calling and uh been working with before I left IBM and um the the calling came that we really needed to make a commitment for this congregation and so the senior pastor and I were called upon to live our lives I, at that time I had become the senior associate pastor and the head of ministries and we had to live our lives uh, and show a commitment uh to Christ um uh, with our lives if we were going to lead others to trust in God and to you know to follow in their lives and so Left IBM, um, and th- that made a way. They they gave a uh, uh, early retirement for me. That funded the activities of growth for the church, and we went from about thirty uh, uh, about uh, thirty families. It was about maybe one hundred fifty, two hundred fifty people to over a thousand, and um, and so I thought that I was going to be a full time preacher from there, but. Lo and behold, uh, there was a, a problem that the you know the the senior pastor uh, he and I had and our family had been counseling him, and he had some issues with you know with marital problems and infidelity. And so after we made that commitment, um, you know it, it arose again, and so I was confronted with, so what are you going to do? Are you going to go along with that, or are you going to stand for what's right, even though? you've left now this congregation, you left this, this profession and, uh, corporate, corporate world. Now you're in a uh, church that's growing, but now you have to decide, are you going to continue to, uh, are you going to cover up a lie and work with it? Or are you going to be, uh, excruciate yourself and, and not be part of that? And so I left, that congregation. And I said, wow, now I don't, now I really don't know. I left the corporate world. I left this church where we're, we're, uh, you know, been successful. And so what is it that God wants me to do? I'm really confused now. Hmm. And so after that, then I was blessed to become uh, a uh, work in a, a, uh, the, the government, become a government executive. Uh, then be able to get uh, uh, certification and become a executive consultant, multiple certifications, and then finally get to the point that I'm uh, now semi-retired. And so I basically am blessed to be able to not have to punch the consulting clock of, of uh, billable hours and only work on the things that I want to work on and the things that God lays on my heart.
1: Amazing. Oh, this is amazing. This story is such an amazing one, I dare you. Okay, okay. So, I've got, um, three questions. Okay, are sure. you ready? All right. Sure. So, okay. So, the first one, let's talk about organization. How can, um, take for instance, I've got an organization and I wanted to get change faster. How can I make that happen?
2: The first thing, and that's one of the things that I learned both working with IBM and also working with this church organizations and other organizations, you know, nonprofits and and other things that I've done along the way, is the first thing is that the leader needs to be clear about where are you going. And Mm. it really brought to uh, uh, fruition is that where there's no vision, the people perish. And so in order for an organization to be successful at getting where they're going to go, the leader of that organization has to have a clear picture of what it looks like, where they're going. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to know the steps to get there, but you need to know you need to go and you need to know what it looks like when you're there. And so uh, once you have that vision in your mind, then you're able to describe that with the others that are around you, starting with your leadership team. And then you need to make sure that the leadership team are capable and willing to go with you. Because if you g- launch out and you have people along the way and they, uh, they fall off the, the path or they decide that they don't want to go or they really didn't want to go to begin with, uh, but you're out there now and you're in the midst of your transformation, you lose time and you lose energy and you lose vital people by trying to go back and restart or reshuffle your transformation. So, the biggest issue is to start out clearly with a vision and then align the people that are going to go with you and not everybody's gonna go
1: yeah, and so you yeah. need
2: to be prepared for that to be able to help those that are not going to go find where they're going to be
1: that's true. not everybody are gonna go okay um concerning that, how do I get um the right people to join my organization? You get that?
2: And that's that other piece yes. of it is, is that I think of it as a matter of integrity. The leader of the organization, again, you need to be clear about where you're going and what your organization is about. What is the value that your organization is providing? Yeah. Uh, and you need to be clear about that. And if you're clear about it, then you need to be able to express that in the things that you do and be consistent with it and the words that you say, and the actions that you have. There's a, a, a comment that I make on several other podcasts that I've been invited to that the, I believe is the CEO of Shopify. I hope I'm not misquoting him. But a couple years back, um, he challenged uh, his workers by saying, we are not a family. You hear all the time uh, organizations and leaders tell their, their employees that we're a family. We're not a family we are a high-performing team. And so if you're going to be part of this team, you need to be prepared that you're going to go above and beyond and that we're going to deliver value for our customers because that's why they pay us a premium. And that works for anything, whether you're a for-profit organization or a nonprofit. The value that you're, you're producing is what really ought to attract the people. And you need to be clear about that and upfront about it. And then the other piece is is that you know kind of uh it's it's a funny situation if your organization is just simply about magnifying you or increasing your wealth, then you need to expect that people are not going to be with you very long unless sure. you give them something of value true. for for supporting you
1: <laughs> yeah, that's true hmm. you know concerning value I discovered that um. To be honest, people don't really like that paper we call money. What they like is its <laughs> value. I tell you, is it value? Because if yeah. you, yeah, if you remove that value away from that paper, not no one is going to go after it. So value is so important, as you've said. That's that's true. Okay, so the last question. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, so about elections elections okay what can be done to help citizens have more faith in election this is a very crucial something
2: <laughs> well in the united states uh, you know elections are very complicated but it really boils back down again to that 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 uh value equation mm-hmm. um if you want people to participate uh And value that process, they have to get value out of it. One of the big issues, and I live in metropolitan Atlanta, Georgia, and there was a lot of controversy and still is about uh the differences in the ease of voting in uh where you are in some precincts in the uh outer suburban areas, and where there's less uh concentration of minorities. Voting is easy. It may take you 15 minutes. Uh, you walk up to the poll, you get your ballot and you can vote and there's nobody there. You go to some locations, though, in metropolitan Atlanta and where there's a higher concentration of young people or minorities. And I myself, even though I live in a suburban area, I've waited as long as five hours to cast a ballot. Um, and so that, that translates then as the people thinking that you don't value my participation. Matter of fact, it may look like that you're trying to prevent my participation. So in order to improve the, the, uh, the, a a perception of elections, there's a couple of things and, uh, even a conservative, uh, uh, politician from my home state in Kentucky, um, that pointed out, he's he, the secretary of state. He coined it. He says that uh, that uh, elections are about the value that, that uh, citizens want is that they want elections where it's easy to vote and hard to cheat. And that means that uh, I want you to value me enough and my participation to make it easy for me to vote. But I also want you to make the process fair such that I can have confidence that when I vote that uh, that my vote is not cast away or torn or thrown away or that it's not canceled by somebody that's not allowed to be a, an active voter, that's not a citizen, that their vote is canceling my vote. So if we can then be able to show that it's easy to vote and hard to cheat, then that will improve the satisfaction of citizens in this process. Well, that's
1: true. That's true. You know, what you just said now is so full of knowledge and wisdom. I dare you. Insightful <laughs> stuff. <laughs> Thank you for that. So to round up with, what would you like to say to the listeners? Have you got any conclusions, stuff you would like to say to anyone listening?
2: Well, I think that what I've learned over the past so far is uh to step out on faith uh, uh god is really in, uh impressed uh as a matter of fact that's the only thing that we have that he didn't already provide for us is faith and, re- and relationship with him and so um the the key is is understanding who you are in the gospel of john uh the writer points out that uh, to as many as believes he gives the power to become god children of god and if you Understand that, then that gives you the basis of faith. Faith is not just simple hope, faith is substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. And so, when you accept that you are a child of God, you understand because you have that indwelling of Him in you that you know that I'm beyond the circumstance and I'm beyond the situation. So, have faith in Him, accept who you are, and keep on moving.
1: Keep on moving. <laughs> Thank you for that. Thank you so very much. So that's going to be the end of the show. Okay. What if someone would like to get in touch with you? How can they reach out to you?
2: You can go to my website, uh, uh, www.makingitreality.com. Uh, my company is Potential to Reality Consulting, uh, but I also, uh, as you have heard I like to talk with folks and be able to inspire in, in faith-based areas also, uh, and you can email me at info at dot com. Uh, just in, uh, email me or go to my website. There is a contact page, and you'll be able to see some, you know, uh, you know, my latest activities and those type of things. Be happy to talk with anyone.
1: thank you so very much. That's going to be the end of the show. Thank you for honoring the invite, Carrie. It means a lot.
2: Thank you, and um, appreciate you having me.
0: That was a great one, right? <laughs> I know, right? Thank you so very much for listening to that podcast. It means a whole lot to us. I must confess, it do means a whole lot to us. Okay, have a request to make. Yeah, I want to ask you for a favor. Can you drop a review and rate us on Apple Podcast? That's gonna make us know how we are blessing you. And that's going to make us understand how else we can improve to continually impact knowledge to you and others. Thank you so very much for listening and God bless you. Shalom.